Welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Family life can be crazy and chaotic, so join us as we figure it out together. Hello and welcome to the Parent Ed Podcast. My name is Joanna Koho and I'm your host for this episode. In each episode of the Parent Ed Podcast, we'll be tackling questions that parents are asking about family life, parenting, marriage, work life and more. And we'll be speaking with everyday parents and practitioners as they share with us their experience and practical ideas. We hope that you'll keep tuning in to learn with us and to grow personally in your journey as parents. Uh, now today we have a really interesting topic. We're talk- going to talk about a father's role in his daughter's worth. I know watching our children grow can be a rather bittersweet experience because on one hand, they grow wings, begin to, you know, take off to the skies and it's exciting, right? But as parents, you may often wonder if we've done enough, if we've given them enough of a strong foundation for their lives in order that they can build their dreams strong and their futures really big. And today we're going to explore this topic of worthiness or worth with a very special dad and daughter duo on the show. So I'm uh, going to welcome to to the studio today, uh, One Way and Karis. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Joanna. Thank you for the invitation to join you today. Hello. Hi, Karis. As you can tell, right, it's very clear the age difference just by the, the way we talk. Um, I know One Way you have three daughters and Karis is actually your eldest. Uh, maybe you'd like That's to right. introduce each other. Well, Karis is our firstborn, uh, and uh, she was born in the year 2000. Very exciting to have watch her birth. Very, very profound experience. Very, very life-changing to have your first child, I must say. What's Karis like? I mean, I know she's now studying, right, in the university. Wow. I think it, we could not have asked for a better firstborn. From young, <laughs> she was incredibly disciplined, always trying to do what is right. I think even from, like, two years old, she would be independent, try to prepare her own breakfast and stuff like that, which set wow. the tone for her younger sister. So they're probably a bit less organized, less disciplined. But since the older that say it does this, it must be the pattern. Lah. So all kids grew up preparing their own breakfast in the morning. That made us very free. So I was very happy. Wow. <laughs> That's like the perfect daughter, <laughs> the perfect child. <laughs> Karis, do you agree with your dad's description of you? Yeah, I think I was very disciplined, especially as a child. <laughs> <laughs> this is I... a great, like, humble introduction. That's what we mean by self-worth, okay? <laughs> Maybe I've learned to be more relaxed recently. And I know, Karis, you just celebrated your 22nd birthday, yeah? Yep, I just turned 22 two days ago. Okay, how does it feel now to be 22? Uh, not that different from 21. <laughs> <laughs> but was turning 21 like a real like life-changing experience? I think I take my life in stages of school. So I turned 21 in the middle of my uni journey. I started uni in the middle when of my 19th year. So I guess ah. that was the biggest transition. After that, okay. it's kind of been just uni. The same. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And how would you describe that, Karis? Well, let me get this right. My dad is a senior consultant and executive coach in learning <laughs> and development. With the title, which I never remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I guess outside of work, um, my dad's very fun. When I was younger, I thought he was a walking encyclopedia and also a walking joke book. 
He never seemed to run out of jokes when we were younger. Nowadays, I think I've heard all his jokes at least three times. <laughs> yeah, but I guess it's very fun. He's always played with us and made life interesting. And wow. spent a lot of time with my sisters and I. Hmm, sounds really great. I think one of the rare occasions we don't hear the kids saying that, yeah, dad and his lame dad jokes. <laughs> but that you appreciate his, uh, him as a working Oh, they joke are boy. lame dad jokes. All right, there you go, I guess. <laughs> All right, today we are going to talk about self-worth and maybe, you know, just to get uh, your views, right, from dad's perspective and from Carrie's perspective, what is self-worth to you? There's this book called The Gifts of imperfection especially targeted for daughters and it says worthy now not if not when we are worthy of love and belonging now right this minute as is what is self-worth for each of you personally you know we were talking just now joanna when caris was born it was the most one of the most profound moments of my life to see her really come out and she really was the most precious thing i think that one of the things that came upon me was how do i assure her of this every day of her life, that she is meaningful, she is worth so much to her mother and I. Wow. Okay, we're going to get the house from you in just a while. But Karis, you know, coming from a young person's perspective, especially in this day and age, right, when I suppose there are many challenges to a person's sense of identity or sense of belonging and worth, right, uh, particularly over social media, what does self-worth look like to you? So I'm a uni student, so when I got this question, I googled the definition of self-worth. So according <laughs> to the APA Dictionary of Psychology, evaluation of your own deservingness of respect and consideration. But when I saw that, I, I don't really think I totally agreed with that concept. Because I think that implies seeking something that others give, like love, mm. admiration, or value, or, res or, or respect for you. But I think, to me... You can't really control what other people think of you or what other people give you, right? So I think it's more important to know that I, as myself, the things that I have or the things that I am is enough and mm. to feel secure in that. And I guess that's also a product of the way my parents raised me. But you know, growing up, Karis, were you always like that? Or did you actually go through like maybe a stage usually they call it the teenage phase, where you start to question your sense of identity and worth. And what other people think of you, you know, particularly peers or friends, uh, begins to matter more than maybe what your parents think of you. Okay, I think I can start from even way back when I was much younger than a teenager. When I was really small, I think I cared a lot about what people thought of me. So I really wanted to be oh. well-liked. And I really wanted people to think that I was, I guess, perfect. So mm. whenever I stepped out of the house, I would put on my best behaviour. Um, other children would run around and I tried not to do that, like try not to make wow. too much noise. Um, so in fact, I was remembering when I was in primary one, I think, I just started school. And I would follow my mom every week to send my sister for ballet class. And so during mm. the class, there will be a whole group of moms and their other children in this sort of sitting area. And mm. so, you know, as kids do, the other children would run around, play games with each other, make a lot of noise. And I would mm. carry my 10-year series and do it by myself Ooh. without my mom's prompting um, because I was sort of a nerd. <laughs> but I remember that the other moms would always be quite jealous because I'm over here studying by myself. My mom doesn't need to watch over me. And they would praise me to my mom. And of course, I can hear them. 
and then I was still quite happy or quite proud that I was so quiet. Yeah. And I mean, I don't really think I studied for that phrase, but it definitely made me happy. Uh, I think I also always felt like I had to live up to this label of being very well-behaved, being very smart, or being academically gifted because people around me told me that I was. I think in as early as primary school, he just liked to tell us that, you know, you're very gifted. You need to study hard, prove yourself. And then mm-hmm. I remember my teachers would always say, you're going to be the future of Singapore. You're the future doctors, lawyers, politicians. So you need to work hard for that. And so naturally, I think, sought to prove myself or live up to those labels. Yeah, like you said, I think in my early teenage years, I started to feel the pressure also from my peers. My classmates were very smart, doing very well, and I often felt like I was lagging behind a little bit. And even though I guess I knew I wasn't dumb, I felt like I had to work super hard and prove myself. And it wasn't until later on, maybe in like my later teen years, that I realized I didn't need to care so much about other people or the labels that they put on me, but rather to just focus on myself, knowing my own abilities, my own strengths, my own beliefs, and to feel secure in that. And of course, Mm. I still struggle with that now, but I guess being more secure has also allowed me to feel more confident and then even allowed me to shine more because of that. Wow. When did you like know that Karis was sort of going through all this like tremendous pressure, maybe pressure from self, you know, studying from self and then layering on of expectations by society at large, I would say. It doesn't sound like it came from mom and dad, but, you know, school, society, culture. Yes, actually, some of the more interesting times of our parenting experience. I think Karis uh, put a lot of the pressure on herself. Like she said that, that she wanted to live up to the expectations that others were saying, even though they weren't explicitly saying, Karis, you have to be this. That's what made her so... She challenged herself to be the best that she can be. And if somebody said you should be this, she'd try to live up to that. And it felt like that pressure came from her. I think some of the more difficult times was when she had this standard she wanted to live up to, but emotionally felt very stressed to do so. It's not a bad thing, isn't it? I mean, to, you know, like to have a child who actually sets some goals for themselves or, or lives with such excellence. Yeah, no, not at all. Not as well. So, so that's why she's been a real joy to have a child. But there are these times as well where it, it felt like she was setting herself, she had to be perfect. And when she wasn't able to, she felt very upset. Um, mm. So I can't do this, but I want to do this, but I can't do this and I want and... Um, there, there would be moments where she also goes into a bit of a, a bit of a meltdown. So mm. there, were, there was a season where that happened quite a bit. In spite of really wanting to show her uh, love, affection, lots and lots of patience, I think parents' patience do run out. Mm. I think there will be parents who can resonate with that. I'm sure, you know, like, like you have three daughters. I'm sure it sounds like Karis has is particularly of a certain high standard. <laughs> I don't know if your other two younger daughters are, are like that. But I'm quite sure that there'll be some parents who can resonate with it, you know, uh, what you observed in Karis. How should a parent then respond or, or what can a parent do to kind of bring about some measure of balance maybe? I mean, you don't want to kind of lower their standards, but at the same time, you want to help them be okay, maybe even with failure um, and help them to be sometimes more realistic maybe with their expectations of themselves or of things around them. I'm not sure what a parent should do. <laughs> uh, all I know is what we try to do. 
I think we tried to just tell her as long as she did her best, the results, whatever the results are, doesn't matter so much. I mean, the, the example was weekly things here, right, where oh. she couldn't learn the words, and but she felt like she had to get all right, and then she can't learn the words, she's not sticking, and then it's tomorrow. And those would be the real oh. tension points. So oh. I, I remember getting very impatient. And said, Don't learn that, it's okay, man. just... Uh, then fail law, it's okay. But I cannot fail, I must do. Then study, <laughs> don't complain. But I cannot. <laughs> so, so it was that kind of conversation. What was the resolution? How did it get resolved? One of those times actually led to one of my, I think, biggest regrets as a parent. I know that at the time, I'm not sure if Carrie remembers this, but she was particularly sensitive to the word stupid being mm. used on her. If somebody like did that once and I don't it really triggered her. So I kind of made a mental note that I would never do that to her. But it was one of those times caught in ding dong, ding dong. I, I, I want to do this. I cannot. I got so fed up. And I, and I, and I just like, in exasperation, it's just like, don't tell me you're really so stupid. And that really sent her over the edge. And she went to this major crying fit and so on. And, and I left the house because I take my, my second daughter to one of her swimming lessons. In the car, I calmed down. And then I got very worried because I also knew that we were Caris's safe place. She may feel like she has a, something to prove to other people, but she could always be herself with us and nothing to prove. Mm. But if I, as her safe place, rejected her by calling her this name that she really didn't like, mm. did I take away that final security? Would she do something silly? in that sense. Mm. And, and mm. I have to say that the whole drive to the swimming pool and back, I was actually very worried. Well, I came home, thankfully, she's sensible enough and she also calmed down herself. <laughs> I'm trying to recall if I ever apologised to her for that moment, but that, that is one of my regrets because I did something I said I never wanted to do as a parent. Carrie, you're laughing. Do you remember this episode? No. Nope. <laughs> Not in Carrie's school. It was a long time ago. <laughs> okay, this is very comforting, Karis, to us as parents because I think what Wenwei shared, as you shared that, I was saying that I think that kind of something similar like that happened between me and my child. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's really comforting to know that we did not leave trauma <laughs> in your life. <laughs> yeah, children are actually quite parent-proof, right? <laughs> not to give excuses to parents, but I think that that's... Uh, Something I also take comfort in that. Actually, that, that, that whole period lasted years. And every week, we try something different to help her. It got to a point, I actually don't know, I, I don't remember where the idea came from because words weren't enough. I couldn't convince her by logic or anything like that. Mm. Scolding evidently didn't work. So I decided that um, next time she goes into this meltdown, just hug her. Just hold mm. her until the thing passes. That was around sec secondary one, secondary two, I, I remember. Oh. And I, I don't know if that was the factor that changed things or not, but I do remember that it got progressively better. And oh. there, there was a moment in her secondary two in particular that she overcame some of those fears and self-expectations. You're nodding, Harris. You remember that? Mm -hmm. I don't remember any of those incidents. <laughs> but... <laughs> I do agree. I think for me, upper secondary, so I guess, like three or four, I remember getting over a little bit more my fear of failure, my need to be perfect. You and remember I remember your dad hugging you? <laughs> uh, not in those moments, but he still does. And I really like hugs. I think 
in whatever, uh-huh. even now in whatever tough situations, hugs can solve everything. I tell all my friends that. <laughs> Yeah, but that's really interesting too because I think one way we usually think that you know the father daughter relationship, particularly when the daughter enters teenagehood, uh, would be when the dad would may feel a little bit uncomfortable, especially being physically affectionate towards you know daughter or how they might want to use uh, touch to bring comfort to the daughter. Yeah, and it's interesting to hear that <laughs> that was one of the methods that you adopted and it worked. It's true. I did go through that within myself, like. As they grow older, how much physical affection should I show? And it came to a point where I don't care. <laughs> I mean, in the sense that I, I wanted them to know that physical af- affection would be something that we grow up with, and it's normal, it's natural, it's healthy in the family context. Yeah. So, if, if I had any issues with it, that was my issue, and I needed right. to get over it, uh, right. not to let my issue become their issue as well. I think it's, it's so important because it, in a way it does communicate to, you know, from dad to daughter what appropriate touch looks like, um, even from the opposite sex. Uh, Carrie, so you're now 22. You're a young woman, an independent young woman. One way, do you still, you know, harbor any concerns with regards to, to Carrie's journey of confidence and her sense of identity or worth? It's a yes and no thing. It, more no than yes. I think all of us never really get over it. Uh, all, all of us throughout life would feel like we have something to prove. And I, I still do in various ways. Yeah, am I adequate in my work? Uh, am I giving you the right mm. answers in this conversation right now? Is it actually helpful <laughs> to people? And that's what I'm actually wondering as well. So I think it never goes away. But mm. I, I have a lot of uh, confidence in all three of my daughters that they are very sensible. And um, mm. the decisions they make within themselves would be right decisions. Uh, mm. so, so it's something that I am very happy to encourage and support as much as possible. Wow. Karis, would you say that you're at a really good place right now in terms of your, your sense of security and confidence as a young woman? I think so, for the most part. I guess like my dad said, naturally, everybody does have some questions, doubts occasionally. But for the most part, I think I'm quite secure. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think something that I might have learned from my middle sister, she says every morning she looks in the mirror and she tells herself she's gorgeous. <laughs> I think I also started to do that sometime in JC. So when I was 17 or 18, and so I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, I look pretty today. <laughs> no matter how I look. Um, yeah, and then I guess that's also about the time when I really did start to feel pretty and started to care less about how other people thought I looked. That's what we call positive self-talk. <laughs> but, so yeah, I guess on the whole, I do think I feel quite secure. I was just feeling this the other day because my friends will still tell me, like, hey, you're so smart. Currently, I'm in the middle of doing applications, right, because I'm graduating. So... Mm. I'm kind of a little bit worried about the result outcomes of some of them. And my friends will tell me, it's fine, you'll be okay, you're always okay, you always get everything you want. And I do feel a little bit of that pressure to, okay, I need to get it because people think I will. But at the same time, um, I think not, not as much as I did when I was younger. And mm. I am able now to accept that if I don't get it, it's okay, it's not the end of the world. Mm. Um, yeah, so I guess I am a lot more secure now. What is one thing your dad 
uh, did that you think contributed to your sense of confidence and self-worth? Maybe something my dad did or still does, not just in contribution to my self-worth, but just generally the one thing mm. that I think I appreciate the most is I've always been able to talk to him about anything. So I think mm. since young, I've always like sat with him and had really long conversations about mm. anything and everything. And I always felt like I could say whatever I want and not be judged. So mm. I remember thinking that that was quite special, especially in sec- secondary school when my friends started to complain about their parents every day and talk about how their parents didn't understand them. To this day, still think my dad knows me better than anybody. So I guess he's always given me that space to talk. He's a really good listener. I think he was saying just now that he trusts the decisions my sisters and I make. And I guess I can see that whenever I am going through a problem or I'm trying to make a decision and I ask him, he's never imposed his decision or opinion on me. And sometimes I get annoyed because I think it'll be easier if he decides and then I follow. Um, But I always appreciate it after, I guess, that he helps lead me to a decision that I make instead of giving me what he thinks. Uh, true because I think that that's part of like growing up and it's, it can be really empowering I hope you're comforted uh, one way that your episode of having <laughs> broken your own mental rule about not using the word stupid did not have any disastrous <laughs> effect on, on Karis before you know we end today's show do you have any parting advice for the dads out there who like you have uh, a daughter what could dad really do to be that um, like what Karis was saying about you you know to be that safe place to be uh, the anchor where daughter knows that no matter what she is valued enjoy your daughter express that pleasure in them the delight in them anytime every time if there's something that I do not regret was the decision to do this ever since they were young it can be middle of night they wake me up it can be in the middle of work they come and disturb me I would never say I'm busy I would Mm. always greet them with pleasure like hi nice to see you hug them smile kiss them yeah that that they, they are really the joy of my life uh, and and mm. to communicate that often enjoy them genuinely enjoy them and i can tell caris enjoys you too caris <laughs> is there anything that you know you like to say to maybe um any daughters out there who might be eavesdropping on this podcast that their dads are listening to i think as daughters or even as children we do also need to make that effort to reach out to our parents or our dads. I mean, I do recognize that I'm very fortunate to have a dad who makes it very easy to do so. And I do hear my peers or my friends talk about the struggles they might have um, Mm -hmm. connecting to their own fathers. But I think you need both people in the relationship to make something work, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And especially as I've grown older, I stayed in my uni dorm for the past two years. And so I spend a lot less time at home with my dad. And I'm somebody who needs to talk to someone face-to-face. I'm really bad doing it over the phone. Um, Mm. So I think I found it even more important to make that time to um, sit down and talk to my dad, to include him in my life. Naturally, if somebody doesn't know what you're doing or isn't as close to you time or space-wise, a relationship might not be as strong, I think. So mm. I think it does take effort on the part of the daughter or child also to um, reach out, to connect to your father, to your, both your parents and include them in your life. Well, daughters, if you are listening, I hope you heard that. Uh, it does take two hands to clap and I hope you're encouraged that 
it could start with you, you know, to bridge that gap with your dad if there is a gap. Yeah, but uh, it could start with you to make that connection. Um, and for the dads out there, I really like what Wen Wei said, you know, enjoy your daughter. <laughs> and I think the genuine enjoyment will kind of come through. And your daughter will enjoy you too. <laughs> Thanks again, uh, Wen Wei and Karis, for joining us uh, on today's show. And uh, really thank you so much for sharing your lives with our listeners out there. Um, for those tuning in, we hope you've benefited much from today's uh, episode and that you have some new insights on how to really sow into uh, your daughter's sense of self-worth. If you're looking for other resources to help you stay connected with your growing tween to be teenager do check out the select that's a parent and tween bonding event that's coming up in the june holidays you can find out more by visiting our website at www.family.org.sg slash the select and of course don't hesitate to follow us on facebook and instagram and thank you for tuning in and until next time have a great week with your family Bye.